But it can buy me a boat It can buy me a truck to pull it It can buy me a Yeti 110 ice down with some silver bullets Yeah, and I know what they say Money can't buy everything Well, maybe so But it can buy me a boat Welcome to another episode of The Boat Boss, where we sit down each week and we talk about living, working, and playing on the water. My name is Kim Swears, and I am the host of Boat Boss. And when I'm not doing the show, I'm one of the managing partners of FB Marine Group, one of America's top 100 boat dealerships. Well, today the weather is not so good here in South Florida. The wind is about 25 miles an hour, so we had to bring the show inside. But I guarantee you today's show will not disappoint. I am beyond excited to welcome uh, one of the most uh, heroic women I've ever met in, uh, in my life, um, Alex Adi, who is the national president for Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. Alex Adi, welcome to the Boat Boss. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> well, you are a true hero in my eyes. And, you know, I have a saying that, you know, heroes aren't created during tough times. It's those tough times that pull the hero out of you. And you, my dear, our true hero, um, and we're gonna get to your story in a little bit, but I see your dog in the background, so tell us who that is. This is Sergeant. He is, we have Sergeant and Sheriff. My fiance is a police officer, so we kind of have a theme. Um, and he usually is good about just laying behind me, so we'll see if he does that today. Well, shout out to all the dogs. <laughs> That's awesome, and, and, and to your fiance. So where's home for you? Lexington, Kentucky. Nice. I was recently there a few years ago. Well, not recently, but what a great place. Very chic, very up and coming, like Austin-esque, if you will. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great place. I was born and raised here and love it. So. Wow, cool. Family, uh, brothers and sisters? I have a younger brother. He's 18. And then, of course, my fiance and our two dogs. And that's, oh, that's it for great. right now. I love it. And your parents, where are they located? They are also in Lexington. My dad lives in Danville, which is very close. So. Very cool. So you're very tight-knit family. It's great to hear. So let's get to your powerful story. I, you know, the audience, you're going to be in store for some uh, an amazing story that will change your life. It changed my life when I heard it. Um, Alex, tell us what happened when you were 13 years old and how that day forever changed your life. So when I was 13 years old, I was sitting on a jet ski on Lake Harrington in Danville, Kentucky, behind my dad's house, basically in his backyard. My dad lives on the lake in Danville. And I had been on the water for years, had my boating license for years, knew exactly what I was doing. It was a normal Friday for us over the summer. It was the summer between seventh and eighth grade. So I was in middle school. You know how that goes. Um, but I was sitting on a jet ski and I, we had put our family's boat in the water. We were planning to visit some friends at another lake for July 4th. So we put our boat in the water to make sure that it would run okay. Cause we hadn't had it in yet that summer. And I was following my mom and my brother on my jet ski to make sure that they made it back to our house. Okay. My mom and brother were in the boat. My dad was driving the truck that we had used to put the boat in the water. And I was on the jet ski. The marina back to our dock was about half mile by water. So I followed my mom, and my brother back to the house and they made it back fine. The boat ran fine. Um, and they were tying up to our dock. I was sitting across the very narrow lake from them about 40 yards. 
waiting for them to finish tying up so that I could tie up the jet ski and we could go up to the house for the evening. And there was a 17 foot bass boat coming mm. under a nearby blue bridge. I gave my mom a thumbs up. I don't remember this, but I evidently gave my mom a thumbs up to let her know that I saw him coming and I wasn't going to move. When you get your boating license, they teach you if a boat's coming towards you, don't move and try and anticipate where they're going to go. Just stay where you are and they'll go around you. Harrington's a very narrow lake and there's very steep rock embankments on either side. So there was nowhere for me to go anyway. So I just sat where I was at the side of the lake and waited for him to continue down the middle and pass me so that I could tie up to the dock. He was headed towards my mom and my brother. My mom screamed. He was going about 70 miles an hour, which is unheard of on most lakes, but especially on a lake this right, narrow. Yeah, yeah. And the part of the lake my dad lives in, we've always called it the retirement zone. There is, but it's a very narrow, short amount of lake in between two no wake zones. So no one has time to get going fast. So everyone goes very slow. There's not many people down on that end of the lake. He was going about 70 miles an hour. My mom screamed. He banked it to the left and never straightened up. He hit me from the side going over 60 miles an hour, threw me off the jet ski. The boat went up over the jet ski and came down on top of my body before it sunk. Mm. I sustained an incredibly severe brain injury classified as shaken baby syndrome, where my brain shook inside my head and started bleeding in four places and they couldn't make it stop. I shattered my jaw, so I now have three plates and 12 screws in my face. All of this is metal and you can feel screws down my face. Mm. I broke my neck, broke my collarbone, lacerated my liver, shattered both of my femurs because when I was thrown off the jet ski, I was holding on so tight with my legs, presumably because I was scared mm -hmm. that when I was thrown off, I took the handlebars with me. And for those of you that have spent a lot of time around a jet ski, you know, it's all one piece and that's not supposed sure. to be able to happen. Mm -hmm. When the boat came down on top of me, the propeller came down on my legs. Oh, no. I landed face down in the water and was face down for three and a half minutes. Luckily was wearing a life jacket. When the boat came down on top of me, my left leg was under the water just enough that it only required stitches. But mm -hmm. to this day, there's very distinct, scars that you can tell a propeller was spinning on the back of my leg and my right leg was severed by the boat propeller. Mm. What a tragic the man story. that ran me over was three times over the legal limit two and a half hours later. Mm. And he was allowed to go do it again. So uh, your parents were there watching this whole thing. I can only imagine. I have a 15-year-old son, and I can only imagine what they were going through. Um, how did how long was your recovery? You talk about it's a tragic story. How long did it take for you to, to get back on your feet? So I, I've said a lot that recovery never truly ends. Once a trauma patient, always a trauma patient. Mm -hmm. I have surgery all the time to this day. Um, mm -hmm. And so that recovery aspect will never end. Mm -hmm. I will always be a trauma patient. But getting able to walk and, you know, get a little bit of my life back. I was in a hospital for an ICU for several weeks, spent mm -hmm. a week in rehab, several months in outpatient physical therapy. It took about four months to get a prosthetic and several weeks and months after that to learn how to walk well with it. I was in an x-ray for six weeks. 
So it truly, I went back to school that year, um, not knowing how to read or do mm-hmm. anything else. Um, so that the bulk of the recovery took many months, but mm-hmm. recovery truly will never end for me. So, so they say that the two best days of your life are the day you were born and the day you know why. What point did you say to yourself, this is going to become my why in life to, to um, make a difference in the world? So, and your transition from that point at 13 to Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. Tell us a little story about how that happened. So I was told several months after my crash that the day you should have died is called your alive day. Okay, wow. And so we celebrate mine like a birthday every I year. Know. We have a party and everything else. So um, what day is that? July 2nd. I love it. I'm going to write that down. July 2nd. Okay. And so I celebrate my live day like a birthday and it's a very big deal in my family. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I truly wanted to be the last little girl that this ever happened to. And I know 10 years later that I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I will continue to fight until that day comes. Because so many people have asked me over the years, if I could do anything over that night, what would I do differently? And the answer is nothing. I didn't do anything wrong. The only thing that would have changed that crash is if he hadn't been drunk. Well, I'm going to show a quick video about uh, MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. And then we're going to get right into some of the uh, questions about how we all can make a difference. So roll film. At MAD, we believe in zero. Zero fathers who aren't there for bedtime. Zero mothers who miss the first day of kindergarten. Zero sons and daughters who never come home. We believe in zero victims of drunk driving. Since MAD's founding, we've made great progress. Drunk driving fatalities declined by more than 50%. All 50 states raised the legal drinking age to 21 and made it illegal for adults to drive with a blood alcohol concentration at or above 0.08. And as of 2016, over half of the country is covered by all offender ignition interlock laws. This is all good news, but it's not good enough. It's not good enough because every year, drunk driving injures 290,000 people. It's not good enough because every year, drunk driving takes 10,000 lives. It's not good enough because it isn't zero. What a powerful video. I want to read you a statistic. Alcohol continued to be the leading known contributing factor in fatal voting accidents. This is in 2018, counting for 100 deaths, about 19% of the total fatalities. Uh, That that equates to about 5.3 deaths per 100,000 registered vessels. And in South Florida, we have a lot of registered vessels. And although the numbers are decreasing, you know, we, I've seen over the years, I've studied a little study before I, I got on the show that numbers are decreasing. But let's talk about DUI and BUI and how they're so related. So I, my previous work is on voting under the influence. I worked with the National Association of State Voting Law Administrators for two years and did research on the parallel between BUI and DUI. And so this is incredibly important to me, but truly they do run hand in hand in that most people take a car to get to the boat. They get out of the boat and get in the car. That's right. And yeah. so impaired boat operators become impaired drivers and vice versa. 
That's so true. So regardless of whether it's the operator or the passenger, because there was an actually an accident I was reading in Alabama two years ago where one of the guests on the vessel was impaired and bumped into the operator and the operator was under the influence, but not by any means drunk, but um, he ended up going into a bridge and killing two, two of his passengers. That is a big statement that you don't have to be an operator to really cause a, a fatality or an accident in, in, you know, on a boat. So alcohol use by passengers presents a grave danger regardless of the activity of the operator. And so many things about BUI and DUI, designated driver works on land. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we can say that as people who are in the back seat who are drunk, they're not really going to present a danger to themselves or others. They're enclosed in a car. As long as the designated driver is sober and not drinking, you are able to get where you need to go safely. That is mm -hmm. not the case on the water. Mm -mm. And for this reason, many of the strategies, it's potentially dangerous to think that many of these strategies are transferable because on the water, an impaired passenger, not only can they distract the operator and present those kind of dangers, but mm -hmm. they can fall overboard. They Absolutely. can swim somewhere they shouldn't. They can boat when they shouldn't. They present a grave danger to themselves and others by consuming alcohol in the water, whether they're an operator or not. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to show some boating tips um, that we put together, some boat boss boating tips about how we as um, not only operators, but guests on a boat, how we can, you know, be um, smarter, boat smarter from the start. And, a, you know, big one is obviously number one, where we get on a boat and uh, empty stomach, we just start drinking. Um, we don't sip, um, you know, we drink too fast. Um, water is a big thing, right, Alex? Water, you can say, would be a good thing for people to drink when they're on a boat. Um, there's different light alternative beers. You know, do not do shots. You know, it's one thing that I live and, dream and breathe by as boat boss. I do not do shots. Salty snacks make you drink more track your drinks. You know, one of, one of our friends actually used to put a line in his drink that would tell you how many drinks that he's had. I think that's a great idea. Change your drinking habits. And sometimes you don't have to have a drink to have fun, right? So I think that the way to save lives on the water is to push a dry water approach. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you must have a non-drinking operator. Mm -hmm. Our rule is if you drink, don't drive. It's mm -hmm. truly as simple as that. But now that I've shown that we've discussed the dangers that there are to impaired passengers, the best way to save lives, the best way to keep yourself safe is to not drink on the water. Mm -hmm. And truly, the relative risk of death is equivalent for drinking operators and drinking passengers mm -hmm. and for men and women. So regardless of your role on the boat, your likelihood of dying after consuming alcohol on a watercraft is the same. That's unbelievable. Well, hopefully that will scare anybody straight. You know, obviously boating and drinking, you know, is something that's synonymous here in South Florida. But after hearing your story and taking on um, different measures, you know, to be smarter about, about what I, what I, when I go boating, I'm going to be thinking of your story and I'm going to be, you know, taking the right measures to be safer and my guests on the water. Absolutely. Well, thank you.
Well, let's talk about the future. What does the future look like for MAD with the autonomous, you know, vehicles and we've got, you know, rideshare programs that has, do you see a, that being a reason why the numbers are going down or just maybe drinking isn't as popular? What, what does the future look like? Drinking is definitely still popular and it's definitely still a killer on our roadways. I do think that rideshare has helped tremendously. And so that's something we wholeheartedly support. I think at this point, it's, easier to catch an uber than it is to to drive drunk and so there truly is no excuse it's 100 percent preventable it is a choice it is a crime mm -hmm. and one that doesn't have to happen and so okay. i feel very strongly about that but mad's number one legislative priority right now is to put drunk driving prevention technology in all vehicles as standard mm -hmm. as seat belts or airbags and that would save an estimated 9,400 lives a year which when you think currently we are losing 10,500 people every year and 300,000 more are injured, saving 9,400 lives a year would be a huge step to ending drunk driving. And this only addresses the roadway. It's truly a culture shift. You know, 40 years ago when MAD was created, people would drive in their pickup truck with a beer in the cup holder and no one thought anything of it. That's true. But there's been a culture shift. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's working to save lives. Drunk driving deaths have de decreased by more than half since MAD was created that's in 1980. Great. And that's awesome. But I'm still here. Right. And my crash was only 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. There's still victims every day. There's still people dying, still people getting injured every single day. And we will continue to fight until that number is zero. Like the video said, right. I truly right. believe in a future of no more victims. And I will kick, fight, and scream until that day comes. But yeah, absolutely, I, I think we are stepping toward ending drunk driving with this <laughs> legislation and with the awareness. And the culture shift that has occurred on land needs to occur on the water. Mm -hmm. No, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, we all we all look forward to a future where there's, you know, no one dying from any, um, you know, alcohol-related accidents, especially on the water. We've seen some pretty pretty traumatic accidents from famous people in South Florida, some athletes. Um, it's just no death is, is really worth it. And so I hope everyone, you know, takes to heart Alex's story. You know, if you do drink, consider, you know, all the advice that she has given us and there's tips to reduce to and to eliminate. So let's hope for a better future. So how do we get involved? I'm, I'm hooked. You know, what are some of the ways that I can get involved as the boat boss and the other people at my dealership and, and my clients and public, general public? How do we get involved, Alex? We'd love to have you get involved. And I think, for lack of a better way of saying it, me being in this position has brought a new light to boating under the influence that maybe Mad didn't have before. And so I'm very thankful for that. But absolutely, you can get involved. Right now, everything is mostly virtual. But that's even more reason to get involved because it's easy and you can do it from anywhere. Um, so I encourage everyone to visit our website at mad.org to see how they can get involved with virtual walks or hopefully when things get to be in person towards the end of the year, I will be visiting Florida in July. So that will Excellent. be great. Um, great. But I encourage people to visit mad.org to learn about getting involved or if they'd like to contact me, that you can reach me at Mad National President Alex Audie on Facebook. Great. And you're also on LinkedIn as I hit you up on LinkedIn the other day as well. Yes. Well, yeah. So one last question. Who is your mentor? Because you're one of my um, my heroes. Who is your hero? Who's your mentor? I 
don't have a mentor specifically, but I have looked up to all of the women that came before me in this position. I am the youngest national president. I'm the only one that's not a parent. And I am the only one who has been injured personally rather than lost someone. So I absolutely follow in the footsteps of all of the women that came before me in this position. Well, you're making so many people proud. You made me proud. You made your parents proud, your fiance, everyone. So congratulations on your success. And you are, uh, your job is not over yet. I can tell. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, as uh, it's been a pleasure hosting you on the show and I'm going to get, uh, let you get back to work and everyone else. But as I always say, define your dreams, go after them, whether you live, work, or play on the water, just get on the water because there's nothing better than a lifestyle on the water. And Alex, the message here is boat smart from the start and let's aim for zero, right? Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Great. Well, have a wonderful day. Thank you for your time. And I look forward to seeing more of you in the future. Thank you so much. All right, take care. See you. Bye.